nights is I, I feel always very motivated and inspired to play the best tennis on the Grand Slams, particularly here. Welcome back to the Love Means Nothing podcast, episode 10, and here I am with my co-host, Vid. I'm glad that we got through 10 episodes. We appreciate the feedback from the fans. We appreciate the engagement. So, you know, drop us a review, drop us a rating. Obviously, we're at just a critical time right now in the tennis calendar and the Grand Slam calendar. Uh, We're recording this the night before. Djokovic against Kyrgios, Grand Slam Wimbledon final. I feel like this is, it's like the Super Bowl for tennis fans. So I'm excited for it. But today we're going to recap, talk a little bit about the Novak against Cam Nori match. Nadal's withdrawal. Unfortunately, obviously we saw him withdraw with an injury and then get to the main event. Kyrgios against Djokovic, break that down every way we can. Um, so how's it going, Vin? And, uh, I will say for the women's final, uh, recap that we're going to have that tomorrow along with the men's final recap as well. We just lost that, but we'll be reviewing that. Today. Yeah. Um, an amazing women's final, a lot to talk about there and we'll definitely going to get to that tomorrow, but I'm anxiously awaiting the match tomorrow. Uh, Novak Djokovic, Nick Kyrgios. I'm hoping we can get this pod out and have hopefully some listeners be able to listen to it before the match. Uh, Maybe those in Eastern Europe and Western Europe, definitely not those here in the United States because it's already 945 Saturday night, but I'm, I'm excited. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. A slam final like this. I can't actually recall the last time there was something even even comparable to this. I'm more excited for this tomorrow than I was for the Medvedev-Djokovic U.S. Open match, which was Djokovic going for the calendar slam, and that's really saying something. It, it, it is saying something, but I, I think that all just has to do with the fact that Kyrgios is in it. Right. It's, it's going to be blockbuster stuff. You're seeing – interesting. I mean, before we get into – the real topics you're you're seeing Kyrgios and Djokovic go back and forth on Instagram which is I don't know very very out of character for for Novak to be honest and and honestly I I don't know if he should be doing that that might be might be mind games from Nick Kyrgios that Novak Djokovic is playing right into those who haven't seen it basically they've been taking pictures of you know their Instagram stories and saying, are we friends now? I think Novak, or no, Kirio said, are we friends now? Djokovic said, yes, we're friends. We have to get a drink after the match. Loser pays for the drinks. And then Kyrgios was like, maybe I'll take you to a nightclub. So to be honest, I think this is a little, a little strange, a little weird. I agree. I think maybe Djokovic thinks that he's playing mind games with Kyrgios, but it's certainly, I think it's a little bit of a tactic from from Nick. And we, we know that they're, I mean, they're good. You know, Nick defended Novak and Novak's made that clear that he's defended him for the whole situation in Australia. One of the few people who did. So I guess they're in each other's good books, but at the same time, I do feel like 
know, there hasn't been that much of rekindling from their past rivalry that it should be so uh, cuddly, cuddly, I guess. Could, um, no, but, I, I, think, I think when they step onto the court, gloves are off and they're going to go at it. I don't think there's going to be any sort of camaraderie, bromance that's going to bleed onto the court. And I will say if Novak can somehow get the win tomorrow against Kyrgios and if he could post on his Instagram him clubbing at a nightclub with Nick Kyrgios, I think that will win him a lot of fans. And we know Novak is always looking for more fans to add That's- to no- add to Nole fam. So I can assure you that if Novak Djokovic loses, he is not having a drink with Nick Kyrgios, not having a drink with probably anyone uh, after that match. But Kyrgios, on the other hand, he's always down to party. So I think if he loses, he'd be happy to go out. But actually, I don't know. I don't know. Because it feels like this tournament, he might – he's taking tennis so, so seriously. So I think if, if Kyrgios does lose, this might be the first true legitimate disappointment in that his he, career. In his career. Because he's truly giving 100%. And he's – He's being honest about that. He's uh, not making any bones about the fact that he's going for the title and he's not tanking this event. He can't, you know, make any kind of excuses. So I have a feeling that they're not going to have that drink no matter who wins. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put my money on them not having that drink. Maybe, maybe if there's not too much bad blood in the match, maybe down the line, maybe when they get to America. I, oh, no. <laughs> Novak's not going to be here, but I don't know. I think that there is going to be some bad blood stirred up during the match because there's no because part of Nick's strategy at this point is getting people riled up and he already knows Novak doesn't like the crowd against him so if Nick can somehow play the fiddle of the crowd and make it more of a circus I think he believes he can get into Novak's head and who knows if he has something planned or it's something that just naturally subconsciously will come out but I think if it does turn into circus I think it plays to Nick's advantage Oh, 100%. I think any time a match is, gets kind of a little bit, I guess you could say, out of hand in a way, it's always going to play to Nick. But that being said, I don't know. It's going to take a lot, I think, for the crowd to get on his side because of what we saw at the end of the Djokovic-Nori match when they just mentioned his name and the entirety, nearly the entirety of the stadium started booing. I can't wait. This is going to be a, like a tennis match like no other. We're going to be talking about that match 20 30 years down the line but I think it should we should get into the Rafa withdrawal we can go to a player that dislikes Djokovic and Kyrgios I guess <laughs> there's rivalry I, I don't think Rafa's going to be having a drink with any of those guys ever um but should we talk about the just Rafa withdrawing and his not being able to play Nick because that again would have been another marquee matchup in the 70s that would have been a really incredible one to watch probably would have been the best match of the tournament besides this final that we're about to see. And it was obviously disappointing that Rafa had to pull out with that abdominal injury. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from. I was honestly surprised that he even finished the match against Fritz and then was able to win, which was just remarkable, but something you somewhat expect from a guy like Rafael Nadal. I mean, I think the only reason he was even contemplating going is going forward is because of the calendar slam and given that he, he pulled out with that still on the table really I think speaks to the magnitude of the injury and also not even really the current magnitude but the fact that he could have injured himself more playing it wasn't one of those injuries where you can play through the pain uh, and the doctors say you can play through the pain this one was clearly something that was going to get worse if he if he kept going 
uh, yeah, he said in his quote that realistically he just couldn't see himself winning two matches. <laughs> I think it made, he made it very clear that he didn't say that he couldn't beat Kyrgios, but he said he couldn't win, you know, couldn't see himself winning two matches. Uh, and again, I've never seen anything like it when his box, when his sister and his dad looked legitimately concerned for his health when he was walking off the court against Fritz. It looked like, you know, he admitted to it afterwards that he was purposely not even looking them in, in the eyes because at that point, obviously, they had already known what the injury was. I guess the sober reality of what it was really set in after the match, knowing that it was something that could be, like you said, a lot worse. And he didn't want to risk the fall. He didn't want to risk the U.S. Open. And like it is with these older players, you just never know when they're going to, from an age perspective, drop off the cliff. So I think he saw potential for this to snowball and then he couldn't play Australia and just said, I'm not willing to uh, sacrifice. America, the U.S. No, even Australia, I think, I think he, if it's snow, it could have snowballed into a fact where if he made this injury even worse, he'd be out for that American swing. And then, you know, it, it takes a while to heal from a, a massive scale ab- abdomen tear. So I think he's got even next year in mind when making this decision. I don't think it's just about the U.S. Open. Actually. Oh, 100%. I think even with these, these older guys, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, I mean, everything is about, uh, you know, management of their body, management of the schedule to peak at the slams. So I think Nadal is going to do whatever he can to have the ability to play the U.S. Open and have the ability to peak at the U.S. Open. And I guess he felt that... Um, you know, Wimbledon wasn't, it wasn't possible in Wimbledon and just maybe now turn his sights on the U.S. Open. So I think, I think everyone, everyone thought it was a good decision, but I know, weren't you telling me that someone was saying they should rethink the rules on like potentially have been allowing Fritz in, into that spot? Who was, who was saying that? Many people on tennis Twitter were saying that. Um, the la- Okay. The last thing I'll say about Rafa is he just made the calculus that withdrawing it's like in poker when you have to fold your hand. It's with withdrawing. He didn't have that much of a chance to win the tournament. Low chance, and he's just going to move on to the next hand. You know, so I think that's the uh, kind of analogy that you put up. But yeah, there were a lot of people on tennis Twitter. It started with, uh, I believe, Pam Shriver, um, who said that we should relook at the lucky loser um, rule, which is, I'm sure you guys know if you're listening to the podcast, but a loser in qualifying get slots into the main draw if someone withdraws from the main draw. She said that we should think about Fritz because Rafa's unable to play, potentially being able to move forward into the semifinals and have a lucky loser that way. There were some, co- there were some cooler heads that were prevailing out there because like, people like Andy Roddick were just bewildered that someone would even mention that. Just, I mean, I've never seen Andy Roddick so active on Twitter before. It reminded me of, honestly, his press conferences back in the day. Um, just trashing on this idea. The other person I saw mention it was David Law, um, host of the most popular tennis podcast called The Tennis Podcast. Don't uh, listen to it. And we don't listen to that um, at all. Uh, you want to come to the Love Means Nothing podcast for the best uh, news on tennis. But they were, again, and they were kind of massaging around the issue. They, were, they didn't want to explicitly say that this is what it should be because I think they know how stupid it sounds. But well, the, the crux of the argument was is that if someone's not able to play physically, then the person who was playing them in the round before had something to do with it. And 
for the fans, for the patrons, they should be able to advance. And I think we can just put this issue to bed because Taylor Fritz addressed that himself on his Instagram, saying that this makes absolutely no sense for someone who loses. He said, I simply wasn't good enough against Rafael Nadal. I'm not looking for a handout. So I, for anyone to even mention that to me is just an insight into some of the brains that maybe at a higher level analyzing tennis uh, in, in this world and to suggest that is beyond the pale, just beyond the pale, that a loser should be able to advance because um, and there were people saying, oh, when Nadal should have withdrawn, Nadal should have withdrawn during the match. With That's not his job. His job is to play that match and hope the injury is not that bad and see if he can play again. That's not up to him. Exactly. It's not, it's not his, you know, it's not Nadal's. He shouldn't be thinking about the tournament. He shouldn't be thinking about fans coming to the next match. He should be thinking about himself, how far he can get in the tournament, and then pulling out if he needs to and solely basing it on his own career and his own body. And the fact that people like, you know, people like Pam Shriver are, are saying these things, you know, you, you hope, you really hope that it's something that they want to bring up just for like argument's sake, but just hearing from you that it's really, they're endorsing these ideas. Um, it, it, it's shocking. I feel like they are by bringing it up. Like, why would you even bring it up? You know? Yeah, I, it's, it's true. I mean, I guess you have the tone better than I do, but yeah, just, just not something you want to be saying. Just really, it really sounds quite, quite dumb. Don't bring it up in honestly. Public. Private, say it. Don't say it on Twitter. Don't say it in front of an audience. I mean, yeah. And for those that you know, like Drew said, there is the lucky losers in qualifying, and they get slotted into somewhere in the main draw, but you don't know where. And in, and in that case, they'd still be playing every round of the tournament to win. In this case, you're having someone that lost in the quarterfinals that could potentially win the tournament. So yeah. I think I think Drew, you and I are on the same page there. It's just, just it's sad to see people putting forward points that just quite frankly make no sense. Even if this was implemented, then the player who was going to withdraw would just go out and play a couple games and then withdraw, and then it would be over. So then they'd get the prize money and the ranking points. So even if it did happen, people would be gaming the system. So it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, that was that was pretty long on that. Um, Let's go to the Djokovic-Nori semifinal. Uh, I was, again, I wasn't, <laughs> I was looking past this, to be totally honest. All due respect to Cam Nori, but his run to the semifinals kind of reminded me of Anz's run to the finals. Didn't really play anyone who was, you know, in the top 20, top 15. I think Tommy Paul was the highest ranked win there. Goffin was a good win, but... I was certainly looking past it for Joker Nole and Joker Nole, he looked, I don't know if what your take was on, on it, but I thought he just was looking past Cam Nori into the finals and just had a really shocking first set there. I, I, I agree. I think he was maybe looking past it, but also I think maybe he came out, got broken, got down early. Then those that looking past it turned into nerves. Hmm. Then, you know, then he was nervous about like, oh gosh, I actually have a match on hand that I need to win. And then that's what kind of took him, the combination of nerves, look, maybe looking past it in the beginning, then the nerves took him through that first set and a half. And then he was, he was able to um, find, find his rhythm. But yeah, really a poor performance in that first set, a, a lot of unforced errors and credit to Cam Nori um, in that first set. He was, I don't know 
I, I couldn't tell if it was his his game plan or I'm, I mean, obviously Djokovic played, you know, a, a subpar set, but Nori was just kind of getting every ball back in play, not giving Djokovic a lot of pace to work with, utilizing his backhand, Nori's backhand, which is really flat, funky, low shot that's really effective on any surface, but particularly grass. And I think, I think it was. It was not not a great not a great match from from Djokovic, and then it was able kind of went into into that lockdown mode where he just kind of puts everything in the court, which is uh, good enough to beat Cam Nori, but I don't think it will suffice against Nick Kyrgios come tomorrow morning. I think you know Novak is going to have to look at the way he's playing his game plan against Nick Kyrgios, kind of like he did for the quarterfinal in the French Open against Nadal. There's, there has to be some lockdown mode. Of course, there's points where you go into that just being consistent in lockdown mode, but he also has to find a way to hurt Kyrgios and, and use his forehand, utilize a serve. That was something that was actually clicking for him in the Nori match on his serve. Um, he was holding very easily, which I think usually he does hold easily, but he was painting the lines. 22 out of his 24 first serves on the deuce side came within one feet um, of the line. So the precision on his serve, obviously we know Joker Noli is not, he doesn't have the most pace, the most velocity on his serve, but when he's directing it well, and when he's, he's able to hit every kind of serve. So when he's picking his spots, it's uh, extremely hard to break him. But the only thing I have to say about the Nori Djokovic match is I was in my head, hyping up the Rafa against Kyrgios match. I was telling all my friends about it. who didn't, not in tennis are going to watch this. And then we didn't get that. And then when Cam Nori won the first set, I was like, is Cam Nori really going to deprive us of this, you know, Djokovic, blockbuster, Djokovic, Kyrgios, mega final. And thank God. Oh, look, not thank God that Cam Nori lost, but I'm personally happy that we get to see uh, yeah, instead of Cam Nori in the final. Cer- certainly. I mean, having Cam Nori, Kyrgios in the final would have – actually, I don't know. They would have both been – First time major as tennis fans, but it wouldn't be like a blockbuster, right? No, not a blockbuster match. No one outside of the tennis world is gonna tune in. That maybe maybe a few people because of Curios, but um, I think also if they were both like Djokovic and Curios, if they're both playing at their best, like I, I don't know who's gonna win that match. If Nori and Curios are both playing at their best, it's gonna be demolition derby and. Cam Norrie's going to stand no chance. So happy to see that Djokovic got through there. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's move on. Should we go to the main event preview? The yeah. main event? We already talked about it a lot. But the main but the main event of the evening, Novak Djokovic, Nick Kyrgios. I'm going to set the stage a little bit for us here. Novak's made 32 major finals. He's played in 68, so almost 50% of the finals. Of 50% of the majors he's played, he's been in the finals. Joker Nole. First Australian to make a final, Nick Kyrgios since Leighton Hewitt. Kyrgios would be the second player, basically of the next gen, 1995 and later, born 1995 and later. Medvedev was the first to win a Grand Slam. Kyrgios 2-0 head-to-head. Acapulco and Indian Wells. Kyrgios won both times in straight sets. That was 2017. I think that was back-to-back weeks. If it wasn't back-to-back, it was a few weeks within the same month or within the same four-week period. 
so that's the only visual that Novak has is Nick beating him twice in straight sets. Um, let's start about the legacy perspective from this coming into this. What does it mean for Novak? What does it mean for Kiggs? We can start for K- with Kiggs. Well, what does it mean for Kiggs? I think it means a lot because it's a career defining moment. And looking back on people's careers, you've said this as well, a defining factor is whether or whether or not they have won a major title, not, not gotten to the finals, not multiple finals, but have they lifted the championship trophy? And especially with how his career has gone, all the, you know, antics that he's done and kind of the way he goes about his tennis, kind of a very unique style. I think this would really be the cherry on the top. And I think it would really rile up his fan base and also maybe uh, bring back some of those people that that were, I guess you could you could say, just haters of Nick Kyrgios, saying that he wasn't going to ever put it together. And certainly, I thought there was a time where I was pretty concerned. Honestly, U.S. Open last year, 2021, when he was playing, who did he play? I don't know. Oh, it was um, Roberto Batista Gu, first round. And I was like, let's see how this goes. And, you know, he lost that in straight sets. Before that, he had first round losses. And at that point, I was like, you know, this guy's just never going to put it together, even though he's one of the most talented players to ever touch a racket. So I think his uh, career, like defining career factor is is going to be if he can get I think this is title. a win for Nick Kyrgios and his brand, his aura, and his whole career. Because like you said, I, I think it was even two months ago on the podcast when I think he had a meltdown or something and he wasn't playing the clay season. We were kind of criticizing him for that, but I remember saying... I, I, I never criticized him. I did. I did. I, 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 remember, I, I don't know if I criticized him or I just said that he doesn't have the mental capacity to win a Grand Slam. I said that two years ago. and Or two, okay. two months ago, sorry. Uh-huh. But now, the fact that he's here it feels like it's all happened very quickly you know very quickly and with like you said with all the haters and all the detractors and everyone who said that he's not going to live up to his potential if he's able to win a grand slam for the rest of his career no one's going to be able to take that away from him he's going to be able to point and say i won a grand slam it doesn't matter what your level of talent is winning a grand slam is a career defining moment and I think what we always said about Nick especially when he was young was that you think he's gonna look him his parents people who care about him are they gonna look back on his career and be like we just wasted one of the greatest talents to ever pick up a racket and if he and this is why I think it's so important because if he loses this match I think generally he's gonna be still seen as that nutcase guy who made a did make a final but if he wins his career will be defined as successful and his whole ideology, his whole method, how he wants to be remembered as someone who went about it his own way and got there in his own way will be revered, you know? Yeah, I, I don't disagree because I kind of said the same thing, but in terms of like pressure on him to win, I, I don't think there's nearly as much pressure. Yes, it would be great to have this career defining moment, but I don't think that necessarily comes with a ton of pressure. He's obviously feeling the pressure. 
He said it in his press conferences, but just from an external point of view, I I don't think there should be that much pressure on him. There's pressure on there's pressure on him because he wants to win a major. His legacy is more what what this match will define his legacy, in my opinion. Winning a major or not winning a major will define his entire career. So you're basically you're. Ba- Djokovic, he's going to have 20 majors or 21 majors. He's going to have chances to win majors in the future. We don't know how many he will have a chance to win. But I think this specific match when it comes to legacy is way more important for Nick Kyrgios. So you're basically saying that Nick Kyrgios is not going to get to another slam final. Uh, I, I'm saying it's very, very tough to see that. I mean, you do, not only do you talk about – he's a volatile guy. Of course, right now he's in the right mindset. I think when I, when I thought that he did have a chance in the grass court season was honestly one of his Instagram videos when he was going against Bernard Tomic and they had their whole Instagram spat. Kyrgios called himself the, you know, the top grass player in the world. He said he was preparing for tournaments like Wimbledon. He said he was actually doing a full training block. I don't know if Nick Kyrgios has ever done a legitimate training block in his life. You know, all these other players, they, they go around, they do training and um, all that, but it can, this is a guy where it can switch on a dime. So yeah, he could make another Grand Slam final, but I wouldn't, I definitely would not count on it. Whereas with Djokovic, I'm sure, I'm sure he will uh, make, make <laughs> yeah, many. Yeah, yeah, well, well, let's, let's turn to Djokovic now. I, I personally think the pressure is much bigger on him, even though he's, he's in a little, it's a different, it's similar, but different. One, one Grand Slam for Kyrgios versus Djokovic, who is going for the all-time most Grand Slams yeah. won. And he's been extremely vocal about it, um, saying he wants to win the most slams. And by saying that, it, it puts a lot of pressure on yourself. Like Nadal, Nadal doesn't say that. And obviously he still feels pressure when he's in a major final, but Djokovic has been extremely vocal about it. And I think that's honestly why you're seeing him get so nervous in the early rounds of tournaments, the beginning of matches, because he's said it so much. Everyone knows what his goal is. And it's great that he has the courage to voice those goals. But I think it's starting to make him a little nervous because he may not get there. I think before, I think before Nadal won Australian Open and the French Open, I think everyone thought that Djokovic was going to end up with the most slams. And I think a lot of people still do think that. But there is certainly a chance that it is not him and that it's Nadal. So the pressure is mounting on Novak with him um, being 35 years old and, you know, the clock's ticking. I think this is the first time in Novak's career where his age, he's been aware of his own age, you know, and the fact that I've never heard him say, this is the first time I've ever heard him say in a press conference, I personally don't know how many slams I'm going to have a chance to win. And of course you're always nervous you're always going to be somewhat nervous but when you feel the end getting near and you will know that you're still two grand slams behind obviously the tension is building to a point where sometimes it can legitimately affect your tennis and it has affected his tennis and I think that's why the first set of the match is going to be it's important for both guys but I think it's really important for Djokovic because it's going to be a stage that he's been on before. Nick has obviously never been on that stage. Novak needs to come out and play well at the very least, because if, if Nick, if he comes out like he did against Nori, if he comes out like he did against, I don't know, Brooks B last year at the U S open, Nishikori at the U S open, all these first sets, um, 
Nick could very well take off and then just never look back. He, yeah, he could. I, I will say that I think from either perspective, whether it's Kyrgios or Djokovic, if someone jumps out to a two-set lead, I don't think there's any coming back for the other guy. I think if if Djokovic gets two sets ahead, he'll just be cruising, and he's not going to get nervous. He's been to 36 major finals. If Kyrgios gets ahead, I think I think Djokovic... I just don't see Kyrgios getting nervous closing it out because I think once he's flowing, he'll keep flowing. I think it's just about getting into that state of flow that he's going to, it's going to be tougher for him and he might have a little more nerves in the beginning of the match. So I think Djokovic really needs to pounce on him early. In terms of nerves, it helps Kyrgios how big his serve is and how his serve is basically a, he has a serve bot level serve, Opelka, Isner. And when it's working, that's also something where he doesn't you, – you're usually not going to get nervous on. You're usually able to hit your spots, able to hit your serves. And when you're holding very easily, then you can get into that then rhythm, that mindset of holding and then looking to break, holding then looking to break. When you're holding easily, you're able to open up more on your return games, which Nick has been able to do incredibly well this tournament. So I think from, from a Novak perspective, it's – being able to take advantage of Nick's second serve when he does hit his second serve is going to be of prime importance because once Nick gets on a rhythm and serve and he has all, everything else working, it's hard to stop him. Yeah, agree. And also, we know that Novak does a lot of homework on his opponents, whether he's played them 50 times, two times, or not at all. And one of the things that you can, you, you can learn all the patterns, you can look at a lot of data, you can just think, watch them, how they play, uh, just by watching, but you can't really do a lot of homework on the serve. It's going to, that really comes down kind of to, to the day of how Nick's serving. Is he hitting his spots? Yeah, you can look, maybe look at where does he go, but, but it's, it, and Novak will, you know, it's, it'll come down to the day and Novak just being reactionary, returning well. And I think that's what's interesting to serve something that is really something you can't prepare for. It's really a day of feel and decision. On, in terms of what Novak's going to do on the return. Yeah, I think we should get into talking talking tactics. Let's talk tactics. What does Kyrgios need to do? What does Djokovic need to do? What, what do they need to stay away from? Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Drew? Um, yes. So I don't know what Djokovic can really do from a tactic perspective in terms of a game plan coming into the match. Like you, you just mentioned that he does do his homework. He does understand patterns. And look, I haven't seen the statistics, but I'm not sure that there are any identifiable patterns in Nick Kyrgios' game because a lot of times it seems like he himself doesn't know what he's going to do until literally after he makes contact with the ball. But I'm not saying that as a knock on him. I think it helps him out a lot. And it also helps that he has the physical ability to pretty much hit any shot in the book, whether that's, you know, an inside-out forehand angle slice, whether that's a backhand redirect down the line, whether it's a tweener lob winner. So he has the ability to hit every shot. Um, I would say Kyrgios' backhand, you mentioned this to me earlier when we were just discussing, is not as powerful as his forehand. So... I think for Novak, if he's able to go to Kyrgios' forehand to open up the backhand a little more, 
and get into those backhand to backhand rallies, I think that would uh, give Novak an advantage. The second thing I'll say is that it's extremely important for Novak's first serve percentage to be high in the beginning of the match because he wants to be holding as much as he possibly can. Um, doesn't want to get let Nick get out too early. And if I were him, if I was Goran, I would be telling Novak, you don't know, you have no idea how Nick Heroes is going to react to this Grand Slam final, this moment, this occasion. Um, Nick already said that he's already feeling nervous. He got two hours of sleep, um, you know, a couple of nights ago. And Nick, we know, we can tell how he plays, but he already said he never feels nervous. So if you're a player that gets nervous a lot, <laughs> you can sometimes know how to deal with that. Nick may not know how to deal with that. I think it's, I just thought of this, it's possible that he just totally implodes, um, Nick Kyrgios. And for that possibility, I think Novak should start at lockdown mode and then um, build from there based on what Kyrgios does and just kind of read his game. Um, for it's Kyrgios, a, it's a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying it's hard. It's hard to start in um, in lockdown mode. You know, I think I think sometimes joke. I think that's what he tries to do. Maybe sometimes, and then he, he's a little nervous. And also, the beginning of the match, you don't have like a lot of adrenaline running, so it's 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 hard to get in. I know he's Novak Djokovic, but it's hard to get into that mode right right off the bat. I disagree. I, disagree. I think it's easier to go in like what I've always been taught. What I've always done when it comes to big matches is I go out and play with big margin, but hit big. Like hit big strokes, but don't necessarily go for winners, don't go for the lines. So I think it's easier to not, maybe not lockdown mode, but just being consistent, I guess. Consistency. Is there a difference between lockdown mode and consistency? I don't know. But. I don't know. I, it's hard to say because Djokovic is just so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, not, we, we, my, I was not trying to compare myself to Novak there, but I'm just. I, no, it is. I mean, it is hard. That's why it's like you know, it's it's hard to think about about what what Novak's thinking when he goes out there uh, in the beginning of the match. But yeah, I will say another thing that I think Novak should look to do is obviously um, get it to that curious backhand when he's redirecting, like you mentioned, off the backhand side, very very strong. It's a weapon, but when he's just kind of putting it in play. The, the curious backhand is nothing, nothing special, and I'm saying this with all rel. This is all relative uh, to Nick Curios. So saying he's not good at something is relative to him. Right. It's um, saying he's still amazing, but just not as amazing. Same thing when we talk about Novak. I, I think exactly. Novak can do. He can't. No, yeah. No, I, I was saying. I was saying he, another thing is that he he needs to keep the ball. Th- that deep deep middle of the court is 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 where is where Novak needs to look to hit the balls because, I mean, obviously short in the middle, you're going to get crushed. And then off, like, all, all, off the wings, Kyrgios like, likes to create out, create out there, create angles, go, go down the line. When you're, when you're like, pushed back in the middle of the court, it's, it's tougher for him to use the talent that he has. And maybe he'll kind of... Go, go for something too much or start to try things that maybe he shouldn't, even though he can already do a lot. So I think that's an, one other thing that I think uh, Novak should really focus on, maybe even in the beginning of the match, because that's an easy place to just hit the ball. I totally, miss. I totally agree. Kyrgios is one of the best in the world at using the geography and the parameters of the court to his advantage. And if someone hits it you know, too wide or too short or something, Kyrgios has that ability to hit those angles on both wings, actually, backhand and forehand. His backhand angles is 
quite good. I don't, Novak can't overuse the slice. I think Novak sometimes goes to his backhand slice against people because he thinks a lot of people can't hit that low shot. But Kyrgios's forehand off the slice is sublime. He doesn't have any issue with the slice. The, you were saying, wait, sorry, you, you said you said Novak. You, no, yeah, Novak shouldn't slice a lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, yeah, slicing, no, none, of, none of the crafty shit because no. Nick Kyrgios. No slicing, Novak cannot deal with that. He just has to play, like, yeah, he can't do that. No, because if he, if he gets into that, if he's playing like that, that's playing right into Kyrgios' hands. That's Kyrgios' game style. And any day of the week, Kyrgios will knock Novak's socks off at that kind of match. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see them feel, them feel each other out. Like you said, like they haven't been in a three out of five set match. And I don't think you can take too much out of those two matches uh, in Acapulco. And no. Kyrgios will t- just take the confidence that he's beaten Novak twice. And I think, unfortunately for Novak, he's never taken a set off Kyrgios. So maybe there's a little, a little doubt lingering. But I don't, I don't put any stake into those two great set wins. Also, right, the- yeah, Novak wasn't playing great that season either. Yeah, I, yeah, correct. It was five years ago. It's a long time ago, but it will be no doubt at the back of Novak's mind. He said in his semi-final post-match interview, "You know, I've never won a set off him." He acknowledges it, and it's definitely going to be in his mind. That's why I think first set is really important for Novak. Just if that is something he's thinking about, I, I don't know if it will be, but if it is in his mind, winning that first set will just kind of clear him up. Be like, okay. I can beat this guy, and obviously he can, and then he'll just kind of kind of move move forward from there. So it's certainly something that happened a while ago, but not something to kind of scoff at, the fact no, that Kyrgios has beaten him. And, and I'll say one more thing. The way that Novak plays, he's, he's just the greatest, like, you know, there's nothing in, like, from, from a non-tennis eye, you wouldn't, look at him and go why is, you, you would say like why is he the greatest of all time you know it looks normal Nadal doesn't look normal Federer doesn't look normal and that kind of I guess normal game style um you know air quotes normal is something that Kyrgios likes and can take advantage of no matter how good the opponent is um he's playing against so it that like that's why that's why it's, it's tough to say because you you I, you just Novak's gonna have to outplay him because Novak's not gonna be able to do the crafty stuff. Not gonna be able to don't I mean mix it up, but don't mix it up because then Kyrgios will will beat you. So it's gonna be a very interesting match. That's why Kyrgios said uh, in his quote about why he doesn't think Novak is the goat is because he's played all three of them and he thought it was easier for him to tee off on Novak's shot. And when it comes to Federer, he says specifically and Nadal, he felt their presence way more so he said you know anyone who i beat twice and don't lose who can't be the goat but that goes to my other point now let's talk about kiros's strategy i think that he needs to do basically the opposite of what novak is i think he can come into this match and say look i'm in a grand slam final i need to make my opponent feel that i'm there and i need to make djokovic play my game style so for him, I would say be as aggressive as you can while staying into your margin. So hit huge serves, try to you know maybe venture into the net, and then also maybe take some big cracks at Novak's second serve. Because Novak, once he gets, if he gets off kilter a little bit and he feels like he's not dictating, that's when look he might he, Novak's never going to panic, but that's when the worry will set in, 
is that, wait, this guy's just beating me. He's taking my, the racket out of my hands. So for Kyrgios, I don't think coming in and being consistent is the correct game. So you don't want to put Novak into a rhythm at all. So I, I think he needs to mix it up. I think he needs to go for big winners off both of his wings. And, yeah, make sure that Novak can't get into the lockdown. When, when, you say, when you say go big, you mean go really big. I mean just go as big as he usually does. Like just, yeah, go as big as you usually do. Like against Stefanos or Nakashima or whoever. Maybe not Nakashima as much. He was kind of playing more consistent. But, yeah, I, I mean he needs to, yes, make Novak feel him. Hit winners against Novak. Because he, he has the ability on his forehand to do that. It's just hit, hit winners. And have Novak lunging, have Novak running around. Don't let him get in any kind of a rhythm. That's yeah, fine. no rhythm. Hit the big, hit, hit that heavy balls. Smack a flat one, smack one at him, give him a drop shot. Kyrgios' yeah. touch is unbelievable. Run him around the court, use it, and just mix it up. In the most simple way to put it, I would say, if Kyrgios can mix it up enough and throw Novak off, that'll be to his advantage. And if Novak can stay sound, solid, and get the variability of the game to be minimal, then that'll be to his advantage. And I think that's the higher the variability, better for Kyrgios. Lower variability around the match, it'll be better for Novak. Let's be honest. This Nick is the challenger. The very clear, he's the challenger. Novak is the established champion. And it's like a boxing match. When you're the challenger and you want to knock off the champion, you can't go out there and, and play their game style. You can't go out there and just... I, I don't know... I, I don't know anything about boxing, but I'll just say you can't go out there and and like you know feel it, be in it for for twelve, ten rounds, twelve rounds. You got you got to knock the fucking guy out. You Casper Ruud in the French Open. Just you, go out there, and I'm, I, that's definitely not what we're gonna get from Kyrgios. We know that. Yeah, um, we don't. The Casper Ruud massaging the ball around the court. Yeah. We need we need you to step in the ring and knock his head off. That's step in the ring, knock his head off, and exactly what you said. Some of these guys in these boxing matches come out and be like, "Oh yeah, I had a great match." round with him. I was able to go all 12 rounds, but you were, you know, just beaten. So yeah, take chances. Take, you're the challenger, you know, free, free up, take chances. And if I was, if I was him, I'd be telling him, I'd be telling myself how nervous Novak is. Novak can't play in, in the U S open. Novak is going to be the greatest of all time. I'm just here. I'm, I'm farther than I've ever gotten kind of like Rybakina a little bit uh, where it wasn't something that you expected. I've got a great support team behind me. Um, you know, I'm playing for something greater than myself. I'm doing it my own way. Whatever happens, happens. That's what I would be telling myself. If I were him. I, I honestly, I think that's what is what he's. I think that is what he's telling himself. And I think, I think, I think there's. He's nervous because no one is going into a Wimbledon final not being nervous. So I, oh, I think I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. It's gonna be good. Well, let's let's get down. Let's get down to odds, predictions. What do you What do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, the odds are Djokovic minus four hundred, Nick plus three hundred means you need to put 100 bucks to win 300 plus your initial bet on Nick and to win 100 bucks you got to put 400 on Novak. So Novak's a huge favorite. The odds makers are basically saying that he wins this 3 out of every 4 times. I uh, I think that's too high. I, I don't buy it. Much closer. I think Novak should be a slight favorite, um, of course, because of just the, you know the goat level that he is. But yeah, I, I think I would take in terms of the odds, I would take Nick, but um, yeah, what are your thoughts on those odds? They seem a little. The spread's pretty big. Djokovic is a huge favorite. I mean, minus four hundred. I don't know if I can give anyone. Like, I'm not. I'm not putting money on this. Yeah. 
but but if if I was yeah um if I was I I would probably bet on Nick because I just think there's value there I think there's more value there's going to be a lot of soccer fans maybe listening to this from just where we get our engagement minus 400 is like a Chelsea playing a mid to lower Premier League team basically that's what minus 400 is usually like a Chelsea playing like a Burnley or um, a Watford. That's what minus. That's minus four hundred. You're a huge favorite. Djokovic is a really big favorite for contest. Mm-hmm. Their their odds makers are clearly not taking into account that no or that Kyrgios has beat him twice. I don't know, or maybe they know more than we do. Who knows? Who, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll see Novak smoke him in three sets. I don't know. I I, I think something tells me that this. We can get into predictions, but something tells me this match is not going to go five sets. I, I could be totally wrong. But I, I don't think so either. I, I don't. So. And like, I think, I think we both yeah. said that if it goes five, we see Novak winning. Yeah. yeah. But we don't see, think it's going five. So now who do we think is going to win? Oh God. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could see, I mean, but do you think that Nick could just have a total breakdown? Do you think, is that possible where he could just get destroyed in three sets? Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Anything's possible. I have, I have nothing. I have nothing that I can say that's. Everything's kind of a guess. Like it's if not I even. Tell you that someone won straight sets six four, six three, six four. Who do you think would have won? Kira, or sorry, uh, Djokovic. Because I mean, yeah. I, Novak's not going to go out. You would th- unless unless it's lights out tennis from Kiggs mm-hmm. and, and and Novak just curls up like a ball. That's the only way. I mean, that's I highly doubt that happens. And I, if that does happen, I think it'll be Novak getting in on Kiggs, Kiggs getting frustrated, and then game over. See you at the nightclub. Game over. See you at the nightclub. Yeah. So I think I'm going to take Novak, Djokovic. I'm taking him to win the first set, seven six. I think Nick's going to come back in the second, win that something like six four, and I think Novak's going to win the third and the fourth. So that's how I think it's going to go. I'm predicting a tiebreak in the first set. I do believe the first set's going to be a little shaky to watch from both guys. But Yeah, I mean, I agree first set's going to be shaky. I don't know what I can say about the tie break. I don't, I'm not going to predict who's going to win what set, but I will say that in the quarterfinals, I predicted that Kiggs, Nikirios would win the tournament. So I feel like I just have to stay consistent with that prediction, and I'm going to go Nikirios in four sets. Yep, Nick Kyrgios in four sets. Okay, so we're both predicting four sets. We have different winners. Yeah, I, I think it's important for Novak to get off to a good start. I really do. For Kings, I think he should use that first set as a, as a mulligan, in my opinion. Just go out there and use it as a mulligan and just play. Novak, I don't know. But I just can't wait, man. I can't wait for the first set. It does feel like Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow, doesn't it? I mean, for, I'm more excited than the Super Bowl. I don't really give a shit about the Super Bowl. I mean, no, I don't. I mean, I don't care about the Super Bowl either. But I don't watch the Super Bowl. I mean, I watch I watch the Super Bowl just because everyone watches it, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> this has to be the sporting event I'm probably the most excited for in a long time. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe there's some that I was more excited for when, that I was there in person, but. Yeah, yeah, like FA Cup semis, but FA Cup semis was pretty sick. Um, but yeah, I, it's I'm excited. That's it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Um, but, 
but yeah, so that's it, guys. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's it, guys. Um, hopefully, hopefully, someone will be able to listen to this before the um, match tomorrow. If not, catch it after. See what we were thinking before the match, and then, and then we'll also bust out a pod tomorrow talking about Elena Rabakina's Wimbledon Championship. Shout out Elena, and we're gonna recap the Kigs Novak match. Whatever the hell happens in that. <laughs> Whatever the hell happens, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. We're gonna what, no matter what happens, we're gonna have a lot to say. I think. Or I'm not. gonna be fucking nervous. Oh, the whole match. I don't I know. Right? Stop. Yeah. yeah, I'll be pretty nervous. There's a lot on the line. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Let's I don't know how many Grand Slam opportunities uh, to win the trophy I will still have. I had so much anxiety, so much. I was already feeling so nervous.